Welcome to the first episode of the HFL Show, a podcast dedicated to the Scottish Highland Football League. Every week we'll preview the weekend's action as well as speaking to the big names around the grounds. On this week's episode, we'll hear from the league secretary, Rod Houston. I had a spell in late May where I became very disenchanted with the game. But then as you hear these stories about the high league clubs doing what they're doing and phoning to say, what about this, how can we get going on that? It gives you a refreshed energy for seeing the thing to the stage we're at. Nairn County frontman Scott Davidson takes part in our first ever HFL Brainiacs quiz and you look ahead to this weekend's game against Clark the local derby you can't beat it there's a good buzz about the place like I said before and, you know I just, I just hope that we can get the, the result we want all in the company of Brora Rangers assistant manager Craig Campbell Cammy, good to have you with me it's been a while since we uh, since we last spoke how are you? yeah great um, it's a pleasure to be on and uh, hopefully kicking off the, the start of the Highland League uh, on Saturday so something to look forward to during these times Well all good things come to those who wait and we've had to wait a while for the return of Highland League Now Cammy, we, we last spoke on the Highland Football Weekly podcast you were a guest on that podcast back at the start of April and it's quite incredible how what's happened since then because well, that was in the middle of the of course, lockdown, etc., where we're kind of all in our houses, bored stiffless. But um, we've kind of opened up now and, and things have eased a little since then. But since then, the work that you guys have done at Brona Rangers has been uh, quite uh, quite something. Now, you were you assisted, along with uh, Joe Marlin, David Hind and Richie Hart, you assisted Stephen Mackay on that epic run from Inverness to Brona, which raised a phenomenal amount of cash and it was very nice to listen to MFR this week to hear that the money that was raised for MFR Cash for Kids you know helped out so many but also a broader fan uh, was able to be assisted by that money as well now you were also a charity champion yourself because you launched Kamioke and it swept the the nation if you like there was footballers from all over getting involved most of the players from the Highland League were involved as well. Fantastic to see that kind of spirit. Talk to us about the launch of Kamioke. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was bizarre how it really took off. To be honest with you, it was um, started off as a bit of fun. We all the boys, the broader boys, um, after we win a game or that, when we're travelling home in the bus, we would always have a sing song. Um, and then I actually um, posted a video um, singing uh, "Live It Up" by Mental as Anything. And it was actually posted to Laura Woods on Talksport, and uh, took off from there. And then I started uh, on a Saturday uh, night on Twitter. I would do karaoke's, and then people started uh, sending in all sorts of um, videos of them singing. So it was it was uh, really good spirit, and uh, we raised some money for the NHS along the way, which was good. Um, and then obviously you've talked about um, Sid's epic run. Um, I don't know how I got roped into it, to be honest with you, other than being uh, his best pal. But uh, yeah, it was it was unbelievable what he done. He, he ran the eighty miles, uh, and he set himself twenty four hours. Um, but obviously, it took a lot less than twenty four hours for him to do it. Um, and a lot of the boys and people leaving out with um, 
Rora um, helped him along to the finishing line. Um, I managed to do the 40 miles with him, but I, I take my hat off to doing 80 miles because I was in a world of pain after 40. So, um, and it was just a nice touch that obviously um, some of the money from the Cashford kid goes and helps the Brora fan, um, which is obviously a lovely touch for, for Sid as well to get something so uh, personal to him. Now, you'll know the road like the back of your hand. I was lucky enough to go to the the Brora Cove game recently in the in the League Cup and I travelled, I was on, actually on the way back on the car down, uh, leaving Dudgeon Park back to Inverness. I mean, it's, you know, an hour and 20 minutes in the car, you know, near thereabouts. And, it, and it, to, I mean, to, to, I mean, obviously that route was longer as well, That you know, you went in past Bona Bridge as well. That was, I mean, that was some, some, uh, some run. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know how he, how he managed to do it, to be quite honest with you. It's the, the mental strength uh, to complete that was unbelievable. Um, um, along the way, it was, it was good how it worked out. Obviously, we started off in Inverness, myself, Heinze, and Sid and uh, Don Cowie, he Don started Cowie, off yeah. with us as well. Um, and then as we kept going along, other people uh, joined in and it just gave you a lift. I had only intended, I'd never run a marathon or a half marathon before, so I intended that if I could get to a marathon, I'd be delighted. But just as, as people came and joined in and gave you another wee lift as you went along, uh, kept going and, uh, and it was just an incredible turnout. By the time, um, he was getting nearer to Broad. It was like like the scene out of the Rocky one when, when he's running through Philadelphia or whatever he is, and uh, <laughs> people just running on behind him. It was, it was it was actually quite emotional when you get to the finish line just to uh-huh. see all the people there. It was obviously social distance and it, probably not the turnout that it could have been, but um, it was for for the circumstances. It was it was quite emotional when she got to the finish line. Absolutely, and the money that you yourself and uh, Stephen raised as well. I mean, a tremendous amount. You obviously had a a, a big support there as well. Um, you know, the likes of Heinze and and Joe and and, and Richie, and as you mentioned, Don there as well, and all, all the players that that helped out um, with Kamioka as well. What a fantastic effort, uh, Craig. Um, you're obviously excited for this uh, this weekend. Now, you guys have have been involved in competitive action. Uh, just talk to us about the Betfred League Cup because you played four games against Forfar, Cove Rangers, Dundee and Hibs. Um, I watched highlights of the, the Dundee game and the Hibs game and by all accounts, you know, you well you went down to Easter Road and, and you know and came away with a, a three one defeat in the end, but you know, it was a, a last minute kind of third goal for for Hibs and against Dundee as well. You ran them close too. You got two points in the end against Forfar and Cove. How'd you look back on that experience of the Betfred League Cup? Um that was a, a great experience and to be honest um, very very proud of, the, of the, the boys with the performances they put in um, obviously there was a few negatives we took from the games we, we always fell behind a bit early in games than what we planned and our, our game plan had set out to be it was obviously to frustrate the, t- the teams Hibs and Dundee especially being um, higher level teams but uh, it didn't go to plan but then the character that the boys showed um, especially down Easter Road I, I mean there were some great great performances from the boys um, and we did the club uh, proud uh, and we didn't embarrass ourselves in what was basically a really tough tough group um, so it was good for us to actually get some games as well the frustrating thing that other leagues have started the Highland League hasn't started so 
there's been teams sitting um, a lot of teams were still training with no games to play trying to find friendlies which was pretty difficult but uh, obviously for Prora um, to be in the Betfred Cup that's where we wanted to be and I don't think we embarrassed ourselves by any manner of means so it was all round it was a positive uh, campaign for us in the Betfred As Kevin Keegan famously said I would just love it love it if they beat them and I very ne- I thought you were going to pull off a late equaliser at Easter Road and I would have loved that that would have been just right <laughs> on my street but uh, but anyway enough about uh, about those guys from, from Leith the big kickoff happens this Saturday the Highland League uh, returns we're recording this on the Wednesday night just before uh, the big kickoff I was very lucky to get some time on Monday night to speak to the Highland League secretary Rod Houston who's an extremely busy man and he set aside some time to speak to me here's what Rod had to say now pleased to welcome onto the podcast the Highland League secretary Rod Houston Rod first of all great to speak to you again how much are you looking forward to return to to football in the Highland League this Saturday hi Ian it's, it's nice to be nice to be in communication with your good self once more um, Saturday can't come soon enough. If you, we're sitting here on Monday the 23rd of November doing this piece. Uh, therefore, the Saturday just passed us the 21st. It was Saturday the 21st of March that the curtain was pulled in the last time of the season. Eight months is an awful long time. And I'm looking forward to next Saturday just as much as everybody else. Nobody's got a monopoly and looking forward more than anybody else. The sense of anticipation is... Rod, take us back over the last couple of months because, okay, yeah, listen, there's there's wider issues than, than, than football, of course, with, with the COVID and the pandemic, but just talk to us about the, the last couple of months for yourself, just how much of, a, just how big a job of you and the rest of your, your team in the Highland League had to, to get football back up and running again. Well, you actually have to go back to July. Really, I mean, there was a sort of tidying up the season, and then we got to July, and we started thinking, right, how can we get this going, or what are going to be the circumstances that will allow us to get it going? And by then, the the league management committee was living on Zoom, or Teams rather, which is a a strange existence, but nevertheless, it allows you to continue to function. And they took a couple of significant decisions. One was that they couldn't see how they would be able to fit a full normal league program into whatever time would be available. Just all the signs were pointing to a late start. So they decided single fixture between each club. Now that's a huge change, but I think a very pragmatic change. And the second decision they made was that they didn't want to start the 2020-2021 season without spectators. So that then meant we had to wait a, a long time until the whole pandemic, and let's not lose that context, the whole pandemic had to be rolled back sufficiently that people could gather at a football match. Now it sounds very straightforward when you're talking about the Highland League, and there's plenty of room at Highland League grounds for people to socially distance mm-hmm. in an average game. But there are all sorts of other issues, like changing facilities, uh, pinch points, uh, travel, uh, can you allow for catering, what, what hospitality might you or might you not have, a whole raft of issues. And since that time, 
was I spent every day listening to government bulletins, uh, following things up online, uh, negotiating with the Scottish Government, the Scottish FA, uh, answering queries from every member club, uh, countless emails, countless Zoom meetings, uh, locally and beyond. Uh, and so between self and Graham Wilson, we're convinced that this has been a far harder few months than a normal, the normal running of a season would be with matches or disputes, hiccups and what have you. It's been a gargantuan task. And then at the heart of it has been the development of the protocol system. Mm-hmm. Once we got the go-ahead to return to training, each club had to complete a protocol for the return to training before they could go back to training. We then got to go ahead for matches without spectators. So the logical development of that is the protocol for games without spectators. And then we started preparing for the protocol for games with spectators, kind of in tandem with the way the Scottish Government and the Scottish FA was working. So what we try to do is take clubs through a progression to help them, because one of the, one of the astonishing aspects of the end league is the entire operation is run by volunteers. When you think about this, this is the fifth year of professional football. Uh, incredible standard is set by clubs in terms of organisation, uh, community links, uh, kit, simple things like kit, the ground, uh, match day arrangements. It's all done by volunteers. Yeah. They're doing all this on top of their day job. Uh, you know, to get to the stage where we were finalising match day protocols for spectators at the end, I think is utterly remarkable and represents quite a phenomenal volume of work. Well, it sounds like there's been a, a whole amount of hard work to get to this stage. As you mentioned, there we're recording this on a Monday. There's still a wee bit of, of work to do, as you mentioned, uh, in terms of getting the, the club's protocols in place. For, for, for effectively people to go ahead on Saturday. It has been a difficult time for, for clubs across the, the region. We've, we've lost Forest Mechanics from this year's competition. Just how um, sad are you to, to see uh, Forest Mechanics not be able to, to compete in this, uh, this year's league? I think the, the, the Forest Mechanics have their own perfectly respectable reasons for choosing not to take part. They were very concerned about the public health context. Uh, it's a disappointment given that they're a founder club. So you always worry that a founder club uh, can't, can't continue. But I think Forest Mechanics will continue beyond this season. And when the public health situation is uh, resolved more clearly, I'm pretty sure they'll be back in future years. The one thing that was decided when the league made its decision to uh, start again was that if a club felt it couldn't, then there would be no extra pressure on them, nor would any penalty be applied. Yeah, and we um, we look forward to, to Forrest being involved course, in the yes. competition uh, for the for the next season. I, I, I'm, I'm looking on it as Forrest have taken a sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, that's effectively a, a, a nice way of looking at it. And, it, and it is, as you said, they're, they're right to you know to, to withdraw from, from this season's competition as well. Rod, talking about the the football, um, because as you mentioned, it has been well as you've been you've been in the thick of the action for the last couple of months, trying to get football in the Highland League back, um, and it's back this Saturday. Talking about the football, everyone, as you rightly mentioned, uh, is looking forward to to the return of of the action this weekend. 
where will you be um, this Saturday? What uh, Are you taking in a game this Saturday or are you... I don't know yet because one of the things I'm very conscious of is I'm not a paying... Well, I can be a paying spectator, but I don't want to take up a place that uh, mm-hmm. a regular fan of a club. You know, if there's a strict limit of 300, I just don't want... I'm not sure I want to take up a place. I'm also giving serious thought for the first couple of Saturdays to being nowhere but being everywhere, so as to speak. Mm-hmm. But I'm available and we deal with all the operational issues that might crop up. And it might be that we just have a mission control for a couple of weeks till we get everybody settled in and the whole thing going. What we have found out is that there have been odd games so far where there's been small crowds in as operational tests. And, you know, everybody's looking at the protocols, maybe ironing them out a wee bit in the light of experience. So I think I could see me doing mission control for a couple of weeks and then looking to get out and about. It was interesting, I was watching the Terrace on BBC Scotland on a a Friday night. They had a a wonderful feature on the Highland League and of course, due to the absence of Highland League football, the absence makes the heart grow fonder, as they say. And I think everyone is, is really, really eager to see football return this weekend as well. Do you get that sense of the appetite is perhaps more for, for this season than, than any other season? Uh, I hope so. I, I, I feel it, it is. Um, my two great sort of sporting interests in life for football and golf. And it's once golf came back relatively early, it was amazing how many people rediscovered that they liked the game. <laughs> and I actually think that not having had football and not having been able to go out on a Saturday and a wee bit of banter, see who's around, watch the game, always have a better game than the manager of your team, the usual stuff. I think not having it has reminded people of what they were missing and the, the old absence make the heart grow fonder. It may sound like a cliche, but it's quite appropriate, really. One last thing, Rod, I was uh, watching with interest. There have been so many excellent community efforts from clubs all over the region. We had... Uh, players and managers taking part in charity events to raise money for charities during lockdown, etc. And it just, to me, summed up and epitomised the, the, the spirit within the Highland League uh, game. I'm sure you would have been proud uh, of the efforts from everyone involved uh, in those clubs. There's so many examples. I think that to say clubs are at the heart of communities is often, again, a bit of a cliche, but I think that over the... Um, over the last few months, that really did sum up. The word community is an important word in the life of the Highland League because all the clubs are located in communities, pride themselves on their connections with the community, and as you rightly say, over the intervening period, certainly over the summer, with where the world was, uh, so many of them did so many things with their communities and for their communities. I think it told you also that Highland League clubs don't take their host community for granted. But also the Highland League itself has a very strong sense of community. At the moment we have six clubs who can't have spectators because uh, Aberdeenshire is in Tier Mm 2. But at last week's League Management Committee meeting, there was an agreement on some financial support for those clubs for the matchday costs coming from the broader Highland League group. I think it's a great example of a community at work community of interest love for the game. Absolutely, Rod, and I'm sure you are just as uh, the same as everyone else. You're oh, so eager. Saturday 
can I come sooner? Yeah. I'm not sure I'll keep a dry eye if we get over because the last eight months have been hard, hard going. People forget in the spring that we had the whole fiasco with the pyramid playoff not happening. Mm -hmm. And I still am very angered about that, although we managed to engineer a solution for future years by just plaguing the powers that be. The other thing was that they had this reconstruction working group where they invited the Highland League and the Lowland League on, and we found that Scottish football was dominated by people not looking past their own club scarf. It was, it was really a tough period, and I had a spell in late May where I became very disenchanted with the game. But then as you hear these stories about the Highland League clubs doing what they're doing, and phoning to say, what about this, how can we get going on that? It gives you a refreshed energy for seeing the thing to the stage we're at, which with a bit of luck, we've had great support from the Scottish Government and from the Scottish FA, and as I say that, we lost a bit of luck. We're off and running on Saturday, and at three o'clock, collective sigh of relief. Well, all good things come to those who wait, and it certainly is for fans of the Highland League. Rod, I know you're a very busy man. You've got a very busy week ahead of you. Thank you very much for sparing some time to chat to us on the HFL show. You're welcome, Ian. Thank you for asking me on, and can I wish everybody a safe Highland League season. Enjoy it, make the most of it, treasure it for what it is. Thank you. Brilliant, Rod. Couldn't have said it better myself. Cammy, Rod Houston has been an extremely busy man over the last uh, weeks and months. I'm assuming, I mean, like many involved in in the Highland League committee as well, the, the you know their positions are not something or are not a position that you're you're envious of of them because I don't know too many that would um, that would enjoy that position and the kind of stress that they've had to deal with over the last couple of weeks and months. No, I would imagine uh, it's been an absolute nightmare for them to be quite honest. Um, they'll be getting pressure from all angles and different types of pressure. Um, as we as we well know that Forest have obviously pulled out of the league this year, mm -hmm. um, but um, ourselves at Brora we we were pushing as as much as we could to get the league started as quickly as possible. Um, so it was a really difficult position. I, I, I had a couple of brief conversations with Rod, and obviously he he his uh, his task was to try and be fair to everybody, uh, all the all the clubs in the in the league, which is um, paramount to be honest, but. Um, like you say, it's been a difficult, difficult job for him, I would imagine. It's just good that we've actually got to the stage now where we can hopefully go and start playing some football and get the Highland League back going again on Saturday. Yeah, and he was saying there that he might not go to a game this Saturday. He might just kind of take a kind of mission control approach to it on Saturday. And no doubt, uh, on Saturday evening at 5pm, I'm not sure if he, he does enjoy a dram, but I'm sure he'll uh, most certainly be deserving of one. He mentioned there as well, actually, Cammy. now this is something that I know that you guys were involved in as well. He mentioned there about, you know, clubs uh, sticking up for their, or are unable to see beyond their own scarves. He's talking, of course, about reconstruction, uh, which reared its head over the over the summer again. Um, obviously, in, in your case, Broder were kind of cruelly denied that opportunity to, to face Kelty Hearts, then potentially Brecon City for a place in League Two. At this stage, you still look back and are pretty, you know, annoyed at the whole situation. Or is it a case of now let's just it's happened, let's move on and let's try and get there again? Um, no, I, th 
think I'm not one to dwell on it for too long. Obviously, at the time, it was a bit disappointing. But when you look back at what's actually happened now, it's probably it had to be what it would be. There wasn't football getting played. Um, we didn't want to win the league the way we won the league, um, but we did. And obviously, the playoffs, we were, that's what we were gearing up for. The club, the club had told us that we, we were ready. That was the time for us to be pushing for, to try and aim and get promoted. Um, I do firmly believe that there, there was a few teams that maybe looked after their own interests rather than the, the bigger picture of football. There, there, there certainly is a fear of, of teams dropping out of the Scottish League now um, because there is, without a doubt, there's stronger teams in the Lowland League and the Highland League um, that could easily hold their own um, in League 2 at the moment. Um, so there is teams definitely looking over their own shoulder and protecting themselves. Now I'll say this because I know you can't, but Brian Reid of Albion Rovers just gonna make up your mind, big man. Ed, you want reconstruction or not? Just, just make up your mind. You were all, you were all against it in the summer, but now you're for it. Your, your side are starting to slip down the table. Anyway, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's look ahead to uh, this weekend's action. Then let's start. I spoke to Newham County forward Scott Davidson on Monday night, and let's preview the Nairn County clack game in the company of Scott Davidson. Scott, first of all, Highland League is back this weekend. How much are you looking forward to a return to competitive action? Obviously, it's good, it's good that the football's back. You know, I, think, I think most players would say the same. I think um, it's, going, it's definitely going to be an interesting season. Um, obviously, just, just playing each other once. Um, but if you know if you can get off to a good start, then then that's a bonus. But you know it's not going to be easy because most teams will think that they've got a chance if if you can start well. You know, for players in, in Highland League, I'm assuming it's been extra tough for for you guys because everyone else returned. I mean, the, the senior levels returned uh, August. Their lower leagues were back in October. The, the juniors and things like that down south, they got back into action straight after as well, around about October time. But Highland League has had to wait till the end of November. Uh, talk to us about that kind of wait. Just how much have you been champing at the bit to get going? Obviously, it, it's, it's been very tough. Um, I think, what's that? It's been maybe a three-month pre-season, something like that. <laughs> so, it's, you know, seeing the Lowland League starting as well, it's... You know, that's not been easy because obviously you've got the pyramid system as well. So, you know, we were hoping we could, we could start October time, I think, you know, the original plan was. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, since, since it's been given the, the green light to, to come back, I think there's, there's been a real buzz about the place. And, um, you know, to get a local derby for the first game of the season as well, that's, that's certainly one to look forward to. You mentioned there three months of pre-season training almost I suppose that it comes a point where you almost I suppose you you almost kind of get bored of, of training I mean I'm sure that you, you, you love training and getting to you know especially after lockdown you know not having that kind of uh, get together with the guys but you're almost kind of just desperate to get out there and get playing you know competitive football yeah definitely uh, it's, you know it's a tough one training you know you, you don't really have a a start date in mind 
um, you know, well, you, you do, but it's like you're not sure if it'll go ahead or not, and that's kind of playing in your head. Um, although, you know, like you said, there we did have pre-season games, um, which which gave us a chance to, to try different different things, and you know, it's kind of good in that in that respect. But yeah, it, it wasn't easy. Um, I must admit, but I think. You know, having the boys back together, training and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's good for your, for your mental health as well, you know. Yeah, talk to us about th- that um, that feeling when you, you know, you get to back together with the guys, you know, the first training session, first game, where, where you've not seen most of your teammates for a while, because um, if, I'm, if I'm right in saying there's a you know, there's a good team spirit in there as well, so talk to, talk to us about when you, you first got together with the guys again, it was must have been good to see everyone in that kind of football environment. Oh yeah, it, it was to be fair. It was the first. I think the first first week or two, it was two groups. So we had the defenders and the fielders together, and then it was some midfielders and strikers together with the, with the goalkeepers. And also, we that was that was for the first week or two, like I said. And, and I think in the third third week or or halfway through the second week, we all we all got together again. And you know, you're kind of you weren't kind of sure what to do, but. Um, no, like I say, it was great to be back, and um, you know, I'd imagine all you know, all of us wanted to just get out of the house and, and get back playing again. Absolutely, and and the the bonus, of course, with supporters allowed in the ground as well, so fans will be uh, champing it a bit to get back as well. You mentioned just at the start there, this year's or this season's Highland League is obviously a, a very different one. There's only sixteen teams taking part for us of. They've, they've stood down from this season. There's only going to be 15 games for each club. Uh, talk to us about that because that that is a kind of bit of a bit of a leveler, I suppose. And I think you mentioned they're keen to get off to a good start. Um, what about Nairn County? Can I mean you had, you guys had a a decent season last year? Can you can you mix it up there with the the, the clubs at the top and 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 put uh, put a, a challenge together? You know, like I said, I don't see what. If you start well, I don't see why not. But it's um, it's not going to be easy for us, especially because obviously we've got the local derby to start. Um, I think I think then we're away to Keith. Um, then it's the Scottish Cup, and then I think we've got for Martin, Fraser, Bucky, and Brora. I think they're our first six league games. So you know, it's certainly not going to be easy. But we competed reasonably well against the top clubs last year. So you know. We used to say, you know, we can't do that again. Fingers crossed, we can, you know. And you know, just sorry, just touch, you know, from Forest there. You know, it's not, it's sad to see them, you know, out of the league this mm-hmm. season. But hopefully, you know, they can they can come back next season. Yeah, you mentioned there, obviously, the the first game of the season at home to Clach. Um, I'm sure that you'll be like Clach. The, I'm sure you guys will be wanting to 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 get off to the. The best possible start. After all, it's been. I think there was something crazy. Like you guys, even before lockdown, was it January was your last competitive game? So that must be a, a great, a, a great feeling, knowing that you're, well, weather permitting, of course, be be uh, be able to to play at Station Park. And as you say, that game against Clark as well. I'm sure you'll be looking to to put uh, the Inverness rivals to the sword on on Saturday. Uh-huh, yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, it's always great to, to get a local derby. Uh, you know, I enjoy playing against Clark as well because, you know, 
especially, you know, you get a bit of stick off their supporters and that, and, you know, I thrive off that, I love that sort of stuff, and, uh, yeah, like you, like you touched on there about our, our last league game, it was the start, start of February. Start of February, okay. February the 4th or something like that, and, you know, we got, we got beat by for Martin, you know, and we've not had a game since, and, you know, it would have been nice if, if we could have had a game after that to kind of bounce back, you know, but, obviously, you know, lockdown happened and stuff like that, and, Aye, so it was a bit disappointing in that respect, but yeah, it's a uh, local derby, you, you can't beat it, there's a good buzz about the place, like I said before, and, you know, just, I just hope that we can get the, the result we want. And that's not the last time we'll hear from Scotty, all to be revealed soon. At Cami, Nairn County versus Clack this weekend, a local derby, of course, um, not uh, too many miles separate Nairn and Clack. Um, Scott Davidson mentioned in his, his interview there that of course they're looking to, to start the season well they finished 7th last year they've not had a game in a, an awful long time the start of February was their last Highland League game um, of course they had a horrendous run of games where they were able to, to play what are you expecting from uh, the wee county this season? Um, I expect well we know first hand last season um I think it was the second game of the season or the first game of the season they, mm-hmm. they, they beat us um, at Nairn and they gave us a really difficult game uh, Sharpie's got them well drilled fit uh, hungry boys and, and we know fine well what Scotty can do he's he um, he he did he did well in games for Brora he just um, fell a little bit short of of being that consistent player every week that he, he needs to be to be the top top player but in there somewhere there is obviously a, a, a lot of ability uh, and he's a top uh, top boy as well so um, yeah they'll Nairn will be they'll finish they'll want to finish higher than 7th this year they'll want to build on what they what they did last season um, and I don't see any reason why they can't to be honest Now there's lots of new faces in dugouts this season one of them is Jordan McDonald. He's the new manager of Clark after Sandy McLeod stepped down during the summer. Uh, Jordan takes over Clark for the first time this weekend against Nairn. Again, we've seen over the years, of course, your old, your old, uh, your old mucker Robbie Williamson, a Clark man, got them going all those years ago. Uh, Ian Polworth had the winning trophies as well. I'm not going to use the cliche. Um, well I am they're a bit of a sleeping giant aren't they everyone knows that, that Clark have the potential uh, to, to get in there and mix it with the, the big sides in the in the league uh, how difficult a, a job is that to initially for Jordan uh, yeah I think it's it's a tough job to be, um, at the moment they seem to be struggling a little bit like you say they are a bit of a sleeping giant um, they're in a, the central uh, they're in central Timberness there and uh, there's lots of players that they, they could be attracting around the area but at the moment their squads um, they've got players good young players and they, they do give youth a chance and that'll, that'll give you a bit of inconsistency over the season if you've got a, a large base of them quite young um, but uh, obviously last season they had a difficult season but um, Jordan will come in with his fresh ideas and I'm, I'm sure there might be a bit of a reaction there this season Yeah quite a, a difficult season on the park for Clark and off the park as well. They had that kind of fire as well. It's just kind of it just kind of summed up the season, if you like, as well. The change in management as well uh, at the very start of the season too. 
Uh, let's look at Rothis, a side who not long ago were tasting success uh, with silverware. They won the Highland League Cup, beating Bucky Thistle in the final, having beaten for Martin in the semis. Uh, they're at home to Huntley this weekend. Uh, Jack Ross is a, is a guy that you, you know, you've played with as well. We spoke to Ali Sutherland a few weeks ago on the podcast, just before that cup final, uh, about life under Ross Jack, and he was saying that he's really got them well-drilled, playing some good stuff. They, they achieved a third-place finish last season. They've got added a trophy since then as well. Are Rothis a side to watch out for this season? Um, yeah, I think they're they're definitely on the on the way up. To be honest with you, that trophy's uh, their first trophy in a long time, and uh, they thoroughly deserved it. I think, um, as as you say, I played under Ross Jack, and I know what he what he wants and expects of players. Um, he'll have them really fit, um, and obviously he knows football inside out, so he'll he'll get them playing the way he wants them to play. Again, we had. Uh, we had tough games against them last season, and I don't expect it to be any different this season. They'll they'll definitely be up there uh, challenging um, come the end of the season. I would say very similar circumstances to Clark a few moments ago. Huntley have a new manager, Alan Hale. Of course, we know Huntley are a side with a tremendous pedigree in the league. They're a side that you know former winners of the league as well. Alan Hale comes in. He, he was appointed back in May, replacing Martin Skinner. Uh, what are you expecting from from Huntley this season? Again, it's uh, a, a, quite a tough job to be honest with you. Um, the club's got its, it's got its history and of, of winning the Highland League, but uh, again, they'll they'll uh, just be looking to build on what what was their season last season and, and try and look for a bit of uh, progress and improvement. Obviously, this season's a little bit different with the the fifteen games. So, if a team there's no room for error, if a team starts off well with a couple of wins and then they get a bit of confidence and then it starts going into momentum so if you do well in your first five games you're you're saying to the boys you've got 10 games to go let's see where you are uh, come the end of the season so I think it's I think it's going to be an interesting season to be quite honest with you um, and I, that's why I, I think the first few games are going to be vitally important so it'll be interesting to see the results it's hard to gauge where squads are at um, there hasn't been a lot of ins and outs but uh, obviously management's changed a bit so it'll be interesting to see the reaction you get from teams and I think the first day will give us an indication of, of how interesting the season is going to be It's going to be really interesting with only those 15 games this season because you always hear, you know, if a club starts the season well you'll often hear a manager saying right, when you keep your feet in the ground it's only September you know, for, yeah. if the season started in, in August they would say, right, keep, let's keep our feet in the ground it's only September but in this instance, if you start the season well and you play six games, you're talking that's half the season, you know. So yeah. it's it, it really is imperative that that sides start the season so well. Yeah, I think it's it's always important to start the season well. But like you say, with the the, the shorter number of games, it's every game's like a cup final, really. Um, and like you say, if there's a team, maybe even a team that are uh, you don't expect to be up there challenging, if they get off off the foot and then start their season with a a couple of wins and they get a bit of momentum before you know it they could be three four games into the season and they've, they've won all their games and then you just carry the momentum and you get a belief um, obviously that's what we're aiming to be doing but um, I think it will be an interesting season with the 15 games there's a few uh, there'll be a few contenders that we'll, we'll talk to you about as we go through the fixtures 
and one of them could be for Martin. For Martin, um, of strengthened. We mentioned ins and outs there. They've signed uh, Johnny Smith from Inverurie Locos, and he was speaking in the press through the summer, and and believes that that Paul Lawson's men um, can be title contenders this year. They start away to Tariff United this weekend. Uh, Tariff losing to uh, Locos in the Aberdeenshire Cup. Uh, how do you see that one going between Tariff and Fermartin? Uh, yeah, I, I would. Uh, if, if I was a betting man, I would. I would have my money on Fermartin. To be honest, um, sometimes they have flattered to deceive with a bit of consistency. But again, fifteen games, they'll know that they've got a right good chance with the squad they've got. If they can put a bit of form together, then they'll definitely be there about challenging. Um, so I would imagine Loss will have them fired right up for a, to get off to a good start and then see where it takes them. Locos Keith, Harlow Park. Now I must stress as well that the, we've mentioned uh, Locos and Tariff so far. They've they've got home games that are within uh, tier two restrictions, so no supporters will be able to go to that one. Devon Vale for your game against Brora two, which we'll come to later. Uh, those games, uh, no fans are allowed uh, to watch those games inside the ground. The others obviously can because they're in tier one. But Inverurie Locos are at home to Keith. Um, first of all, congratulations to Andy Lowe and his wife. They've had a, a baby boy this afternoon. Uh, I think it was, was it Bebeto in the 1994 World Cup that did that kind of cradle in the baby celebration? I've never seen a manager do it before, but hey, you never know. Yep, congratulations on the new birth of, the, uh, of your baby. Um, uh, that would be an interesting celebration for a manager, <laughs> I think. Will, will he have reason to celebrate at home to Keith? Uh, yeah, obviously Keith, they've gone through a wee transition as well. Uh, Dino's left them. He was doing a good job there, to be honest. Um, but they've moved on now. So um, Inveruri, yeah, they've got a strong squad. I would, I would expect Inveruri to come away with a result. Um, we actually went down there and had a really good result. Probably one of our, our better performances down at Inveruri last season, mm-hmm. um, and we came away with a, a good result. So, um, but they are a they're a difficult team to play against um, so yeah I would imagine Inverurie would win that game let's uh, move up to Wick Wick Academy take on Bucky Thistle another new manager should have mentioned that Andy Roddy is of course in charge at Keith these days uh, Gary Manson took over as Wick Academy manager also during the summer as well a, a former guest on the Highland Football Weekly podcast uh, talked really well a difficult game though at home to, to Bucky Thistle Bucky on a side that you I've seen in the last uh, couple of weeks they knocked you guys out of the the League Cup semi-finals. Uh, spoke to Graham Stewart just after that, and he was he was delighted. He he felt that that was a kind of he, he could just see the, the squad really coming together. Um, how impressed were you with with Bucky that day, and and, and what uh, what can they do away to Wick this weekend? Uh, yeah, to be quite honest, uh, Bucky thoroughly deserved to uh, uh, beat us. Uh, in the semi-final uh, Spider gets gets 100% out of his squad to be honest um, they looked fit uh, they were hungry um, obviously they're getting boys back from injury and they've got Sam Ackert looking fit Stevie Ross caused us a lot of problems um, they've got a lot of players in their squad who can on their day be a real handful in the Highland League um, so they, Spider's got every right to be believing that they've turned a corner and they, they could be challenging um uh, Gary Manson, I know, I know him from playing football when we were younger, and mm-hmm. I, I know what type of guy he is. And I, I think, I think you'll find that um, as tough it is 
for them location wise up in Wick for, for attracting players um, he, players he has at his disposal I, I, he'll get the best out of them and he'll have them well organised and fit as well so it, it's not easy going up to Wick but uh, if I was to pick a team I would be, I would be picking Bucky to get the win but a narrow win I would say Now talking of not easy Lossy who finished bottom of the pile last year they are at home to Fraserburgh who of course finished runners up to yourself at Brora um, that is not an easy one at home to Fraserburgh on the opening day could be worse could be away I suppose but uh, a difficult one for Lossy Fraserburgh are they a side that you expect to be competing with yourselves for the for top spot yeah I firmly believe that um, Fraserburgh will be one of the toughest teams in the league if not the toughest um, point of Lossy Mouth you, you've thoroughly expect them to go and go and put a few past Lossy Mouth with no disrespect uh, I think Lossy Mouth will be, be going out there to try and try and frustrate them for as long as they can and, and see what they, they can take from that but uh, yeah I, I can't see anything other than a comfortable phrase we're going to win in that one I must also admit, uh, admit as well that the Lossy has that amazing vantage point just you know the the back of the you know, behind the goal there's a great vantage point of course supporters are allowed inside uh, Lossie and, and like every uh, game as well if you are able to go to a game as well we encourage you know, everyone to get out this weekend and go and watch a game I mean it's been so long uh, without actually going to, to a football match uh, go out and get a game now one game that, that intrigues me this weekend is Fort William at home to Strathspey Thistle now again many have looked at this fixture over the years um, and, and you know as a kind of battle at the bottom uh, Fort William of course under new management Ashley Hollyer uh, is in place now and he's, he's made a few additions over the last uh, couple of weeks or so he's, he's drafted in a, a couple of youngsters um, he obviously his knowledge of, of football in and around Inverness is pretty good as well Ian Foggle returns to the club too uh, they're at home to Strathspey Thistle who finished 13th last year and again Gordon Nicholson's added you know, to his squad as well. Some good signings along the way as well. He's he's added a couple of you know ex Cali Thistle youngsters as well. So that one's quite an interesting time. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Like you say, I, I noticed uh, Fort William have, have uh, added a few um, players to their squad, so that can only improve them. Um, obviously, Strathspey they're, they're well organised now, and um, they're. At, they're slightly they're more difficult now to, to play against a few years ago you would obviously people would just expect Strathspey to turn up and you go and slam a few past them but uh, they're, they're starting to turn that uh, curve now and it's it's not as straightforward as what clubs are expecting so it'll be an interesting game um, obviously I don't know a huge amount about what for, how Fort William will be um, but it'll be a difficult season for them again because of where they were but mm-hmm. they seem to be trying to build on where they were so um, it looks positive for them um, but I would expect Strathspey to come away with a victory there well fingers crossed for, for both sides um, and last of all last but not least Devon Vale at home to uh, the champions the holders Brora Rangers um, now you guys have obviously had you know a couple of games under your belt uh, in terms of the, the League Cup uh, Devon Vale lost uh, in the Aberdeenshire Cup to Dice Juniors uh, a few weeks, uh, sorry, two weeks ago. In terms of away to Princess Royal Park, what uh, what are you expecting from Devonvale this weekend? Um, I'm expecting we're expecting them to to uh, make it difficult for ourselves. Um, we always tell the boys, no matter who we're playing against, 
we need to go out and earn the right to go and play. We know we know we've got good players in our squad, and are, we probably do have the best um, squad at our disposal. Um, but yeah, you can't just go to uh, turn up at games and expecting to go out there and play. You need to earn the right to play. So we'll expect it. It'll be it'll be a tough uh, initial settling in period. Obviously, boys have not. We've had a couple of games in the cup, but the boys will still be a wee bit rusty. Um, looking for the match sharpness um, that takes a few weeks to come back in but um, we've had a few difficult games uh, down at Banff uh, over the years so I don't expect it to be anything different um, but hopefully we can get off to a positive start um, and score a few goals and come away with the three points Well there's eight cracking games to look forward to this weekend in the Highland League and as I mentioned a few moments ago if you can if you're in a tier one uh, situation and you're able to, to get out and attend the game. I notice a lot of clubs now selling their tickets online and, and tickets will be you know, going fast because of the reduced capacity at games as well. So if you can uh, get out and support uh, your local team this weekend as well, be it uh, games at Fort, Lossie, Nairn, Rothis or Wick. Now, as I mentioned a few moments ago, we're joined again by Scotty Davidson. Every week on the podcast, we will um, we'll take a player from, from each Team, in fact, who's the who's the clever clogs at Brora in the dressing room, Cami? Oh, you put me on the spot there. Um, who's clever? I don't think we've got many. <laughs> uh, oh, probably Mark Nicholson Twiggy. He seems quite clever. Uh, young Miller Gamble that we're taking in. He's he's quite an intelligent lad as well. Is he? He's 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 still a schoolboy, isn't he? So he'll be. Um, ah, he's a good shout. Okay. So every week we're we're speaking to a player from each side. They're representing their club in the HFL Brainiacs quiz. And here's how Scott Davidson got on. Okay, so Scott, you're the first challenger, if you like. We're going to speak to a player from every single club in the division and put them on the spot. You've got 60 seconds to answer as many trivia general knowledge questions as you can you're normally I mean you're normally uh, decent under pressure inside the 18 yard box but this is slightly different so your 60 seconds Scott start now a woman's last night of freedom before marriage is known as what uh, who are known as the scories in the Highland League which American actor Featured in Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mars. Which two colours feature on the Greek flag? White and blue. What is the only permanent natural satellite in Earth? Mars. Which characters... Uh, sorry, Jim, Stifler and Finch are all characters from which teen comedy movie? American Pie. Which famous teddy bear was created by the author A. A. Milne. Uh, Who had more number ones, Busted or McFly? McFly. And that is the clock stopped. Let's see how you did. So, Scott, that's a really strong start. You only answered... Eight questions in the minute. Out of eight questions, you got four. So you're now top of the table with four points. <laughs> uh, I'll go last, I don't think. <laughs> well, who knows? 
Listen, we'll see. We'll see as the season goes on. Yeah, I must admit, they were Kathy caught me off guard with them a wee bit. Thanks very much for that, pal. I appreciate that and uh, and all the best for uh, the season ahead, eh? No worries, thanks again. Okay, take Bye. care, mate. So, Scott Davidson got four out of ten. That's a respectable start, as I said. He is top of the leaderboard. He missed out on two questions, Cammy. He, he passed, sorry, he ran out of time, rather. He only answered eight questions. Here's his final two. Let's see if your uh, if your general knowledge is up to speed. Um, okay, Stormont Stormont is the Parliament buildings in which UK country? Belfast. Correct. It is Northern Ireland. What is the currency used in Poland? See if you'd see if you got that off the bat as well. I mean that would have just been. I mean that would have been. I would have given you. I would have given Broader Rangers a honorary mention on the on the on the league table. It was the Schlotty, the Polish Schlotty. So did you? So uh, well, well, obviously we'll we'll, we'll wait to uh, hear who's going to represent Broader in the HFL Brainiacs quiz. Now to. to end the podcast this week, something a little bit different. This is a podcast that, okay, we want to talk about football, but we're going to be a bit light-hearted as well. Now, before every season, you'll hear a pundit talk about who they, where they think teams will finish. We've all seen pundits write down their, their league placings, and then at the end of the season, they're never anywhere near it. So I thought we'd take someone ill-informed, in this case, my wife, she knows nothing about football, bear in mind nothing about Highland League football and football in general. So she's taken a stab at figuring out where the clubs will finish in this season's Highland League. Now, take it with a pinch of salt. Trust me, her football knowledge is, well, it, it, it's, it's worse than hopeless. Take it with a pinch of salt. It's just a bit of fun and enjoy. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome onto the podcast my wife, Jacqueline. I never ever call you Jacqueline. No, you don't. I don't. So you are our uninformed pundit. You're going to predict where all 16 teams will finish in the Highland League this season. Now, to give the listeners a a brief summary of your knowledge of football in general, it's pretty rubbish, isn't it? Uh, uh, I think that's an understatement, to be honest. Yeah, I, your, uh, your knowledge of Highland League football, though, is pretty much zero, isn't it? Yeah. Well, considering I didn't even know half of these places had teams, I would say yes, it is well, pretty that is extremely disrespectful. So, Are you sure I should be doing this? Yes, because, yeah. you know what, your predictions might be better than mine. So, I doubt it. Jax... To give you your proper name. Thanks. Take us through your 16. Now, in reverse order, we're going to start with the side who you think will finish bottom all the way up. Give us a brief explanation of why you think that team will finish in that position. Okay, start with number 16. Who is going to finish bottom of the league this season? Bottom, I have put uh, Fort William. Um, Okay. Purely because I have seen... 
I do recall seeing in the news that they weren't doing particularly well. So that's quite an informed decision. So you have you have some knowledge then of Fort William. So that's interesting. Fifteenth, second bottom. For Martin United. Right. Okay. I don't really know why. Well, poor for Martin. Um, it's quite a shame. Uh, you've obviously um, got something against them. Okay, 14th. 14th, we've got Huntley. Right, okay. Again, uh, any any reason why Huntley? Um, no, no particular reason. Just right. had to be somebody. Yeah, well, this is, going, this is going extremely well. 13th, unlucky for some. Tariff, United. Tariff, okay. Yeah. I don't know, I just think it's quite a small wee place, so I've never been there, so I don't know, I just think. Right, okay, well that is, again, it's, I mean it is interesting insight into the way your your mind works. Twelfth. Keith. Keith. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're doing very well. <laughs> change of management this summer as well, so there is a wee bit of change behind the scenes, but at eleventh then. Fraser better. Right, okay, yeah. Again, any reasons why Fraser? But I mean, they had a good season last year. Yeah, they did. They but, did. Um, this year's not going so well for them, is it? Well, it hasn't started yet, but <laughs> that's why we're looking forward to the, the we're previewing the the, the, oh, the season right. opener. But yeah, you you obviously think there's something going to happen there. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going with my gut on all of these. I mean, mm-hmm. there is absolutely no like knowledge or. And you have oh. no prior knowledge. Tenth. Why were you laughing at me? Like, what is laughable here? Nothing, nothing at all. It's, it's, it's you, something. It's you're you, smirking. It's your predictions. Mm. Tenth. Who's going to finish tenth? Lossie. Lossie Mouth. Yep, a favourite of our, um, our... We like to go to Lossie Mouth. We enjoy, ice cream. <laughs> we enjoy the ice cream, we do. Um, is that the reason why you think they're going to finish tenth? You just like going to Lossie Mouth? Um, yeah. There's nothing in particular... No particular reason for it. Just Yeah, ninth. Ninth, I've got my Strathspey Thistle. Mm-hmm, okay. I'm sure the guys at Strathspey will be more than happy with a, a ninth place finish. Any reason why? Uh, to be honest, I would have probably put them to finish lower, but I hadn't actually read all the names before I marked them. Perhaps it was. It probably wasn't a good idea to start watching The Crown on Netflix in the <laughs> midst of this predictions. But anyway, keep going. Eighth position. Eighth, we have got Rothis. Rothis. Won a cup a few weeks ago. They won the league cup a few weeks ago. Must have known that then. Bucky Thistle, but again. Oh, Bucky! I put them a bit higher. All right. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next on your um, where are we up to seventh? Who's finishing seventh? Devon Vale. Right. Okay. Sixth. Then we're into the top six. Brora Rangers. Brora. Okay. Highlanders. The, you know. The current holders of the Highland League title have You're been joking. dethroned in dramatic fashion. What they won. They won last year, yeah. yeah. I, I'm oh, sure that we actually gosh. talked about this, but yeah, okay. Well, I don't always take in the football chat, clearly. No, no, obviously, yeah. So they're finishing sixth. They've been dethroned in dramatic fashion. Uh, fifth then, top five. Bucky Thistle. Bucky Thistle, right, okay. Bucky Again, Thistle. any reason why Bucky Thistle? The re- I mean, the reasons aren't um, really football related. I just obviously, don't yes. quite like Bucky. Who's finishing fourth? Uh, I've put Wick Academy. Wick Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, now this, rather embarrassingly, when we uh, first started going out, I introduced it at the time to Barry Wilson, a former guest of the Highland Football Weekly podcast. And at the time, Barry Wilson was the Wick Academy manager. And tell the listeners what you said to Barry Wilson. 
I, I said I didn't even know that Wick had a football team. Well, they do. They're a very good football team, and they're finishing fourth next year, according to yourself. Okay. That's a good position, isn't it? It's, yep, it's not bad. Third. Third, I have gone for Inverurie Locals. Again, that's on the same par as Strasbourg, Fissile, hadn't really. That's not a bad finish. I'm sure that, um, well, I'm sure they would like to go uh, two places higher, but third is. That's probably on form with prediction-wise. Second place then, because we're down to the final two. Uh, process of elimination, of course. Um, uh, who's finishing second this year? Uh, I've put Nairn County. Nairn County are finishing second. Because we live pretty close to Nairn. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm pretty sure you've taken me to a game there before. I have, yes. I yeah. have, yep. What did we go and watch there? We watched Nairn County versus Ross County. In pre-season oh. back in 2013. Um, so yeah, good times. And we're very friendly with their captain. Who's the captain? Adam Porritt. Oh yes, that's that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was captain. Yes, he is. Ca- played? Yes, he is. Yes, he oh, is. He's played for so many of these teams. I wasn't quite sure. He's only played one. for I two. Broda, Fort but, William. Oh yeah, it's three. Okay, whoa, geez, yeah, wow, okay. So... Oh, right, okay. Right, and in first... Winning the Highland League title, according to my wife, this <coughs> season is... Clach na Cudden. And any reason why Clach are going to win the title this year? Well, they're my home team, aren't they? We well, live in Inverness, so I quite like saying it. Clach na Cudden. It's quite a Scottish word. It is, um, it is. Well, most most of them are. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, but it's the way you say it. Do you know when you just find words that you like how they sound? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. Well, there you are. Congratulations to the 2020-21 winners of the Highland League, according to my wife, Clacknacadden. Is that a good prediction? Maybe. Well, you t- tell me your feedback on my... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain off here. So, uh, my wife predicted that Brora would finish sixth this year, Cammy. Um, congratulations to Clack, who win... She only picked Clark because she knows where they play. So, again, there we go. That's that's her knowledge. Let's hope that's not true then, because we'll be sacked if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> on her, and if, if you do finish sick, then on her head be it. Uh, Cami, thank you very much for, for joining me today. Thanks to my guests, Cami, Rod Houston and Scott Davidson. We'll be back next week to review match day one in the league as well as look ahead to another exciting and enthralling weekend in the Highland League.